What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Chicago Bulls cap off their weekend with a victory over the Miami Heat. We're going to talk about the things that went into that victory, even though the Bulls had to once again fight back from a large deficit to just get in that game. Plus, it's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's Mailbag Day. We're going to get into all that plus more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And the Bulls get a 102-97 victory over the Miami Heat in a game that the Bulls started off the game at a 22-1 deficit. That's how that game started off for the Chicago Bulls. And when they started off that way, it just felt like another game for the Chicago Bulls. Just starting off with the, these flat starts of the Chicago Bulls do where they just can't score. They scored 14 points in the first quarter of this game, and they got outscored 14-26. to 26. The Bulls then go on to win every single quarter after that uh, to end up winning this game. Now, it did come down to a last-minute shot from DeMar DeRozan, really sealed the victory, things like that. But it's, again, a tell of two halves for the Chicago Bulls. When you look at the first half for the Bulls, right, First half of this game, the Bulls shot 33% overall from the field and 27% from three. Uh, no player had scored in double digits in the first half. DeMar DeRozan was the closest with nine points. Zach Levine scored two points going one of three in the first half of play in this game. And Nikola Vucevic wasn't that much better at all. Then you look at the second half of this game where the Bulls shot 54% overall from the field and 47% from three-point range. DeMar DeRozan scoring 14 points in the second half. Zach Levine scoring 11 points in the second half of this game. And, you know, every player that basically came into the game shot almost above 50%, except for uh, Nikola uh, Vucevic in it. Uh, Alex Caruso didn't miss a single shot, I don't think, in the, uh, well, not a single three-pointer um, did he miss in the second half of this game. You got just much better production from the Chicago Bulls. And I give them credit for being able to fight and battle back in this game. It was, it, listen, to see the heart that the Bulls play with, in the second half of these games, you if you just looked at that, you would look at this team and say, how does this team only have five wins on the season? Because it's such a different team in the second half of the game. And like I said, got to give credit to Zach Levine as well. It was really Zach Levine in the third quarter uh, that, that really uh, uh, provided a lot for the Chicago Bulls. When you look at DeMar DeRozan's fourth quarter, DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter of this game goes four of six for 12 points, helping seal the victory for this game. And so, you know, though it's that, that type of things for the Chicago Bulls that they just need to figure out a way to give that level of effort throughout the full game. If Bulls played four quarters of basketball, we'd probably have two or three more wins on this season, right? And you look at the 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 the, the, the gritty uh, stats that come down to it. The Bulls won off points off turnovers. They had 17 to 13 uh, compared to the Miami Heat as far as points off turnovers, which is a big thing for the Bulls. Anytime that we can get more points off turnovers, things seem to start going our way, right? That's a big thing. We also out-rebounded the Miami Heat by 10. That's another important part for that. And without rebounding the Miami Heat, we outscored them in second chance points 16 to 11. Always a big important stat in Chicago Bulls wins. And that's why I always pointed out 
points in the paint. We outscore them by 10 points in the paint, 32 to 22. That's how the Chicago Bulls can win this game. And once again, though, it comes to the, down to the Chicago Bulls bench being really the team that set the tone. In the first half of this game, every starter had a negative plus minus. And while plus minus isn't the biggest stat or the best stat to kind of put everything together for how a team's impacting it, you look at all the bench players. They all had a positive plus minus. And honestly, even with the Bulls winning, all the starters still finished the game with a negative plus minus, and all the bench players still finished the game with a positive plus minus. Javon Carter got going briefly in this game. He goes three of nine for nine points off the bench. Uh, Torrey Craig also has seven points off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Patrick Williams didn't really have a score, good scoring night. He went one of five from the field, but he did do other things. Four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. He played some really solid defense on Jimmy Butler at times in this game as well. But overall, like it just comes down once again to just the Bulls not playing a full four quarters of basketball and how much that continues to bite them in their ass. Like that's really what if the Bulls can ever avoid getting out to huge deficits early. I really do think that this is a team that will be playing closer to 500 basketball easily. Right. We are still far below 500, four games below 500. But I think we'd be much closer to that had this Bulls team been able to do that. Now, that comes down to coaching, comes down to execution. There are a couple of things that are the cause of that, so I'm not just saying it's just as easy as flipping a switch, but we do need more from this team overall. We, This team has to want it, though, and as much as we keep talking about it, I can sit here on this platform all day and talk about it. It's not enough for that. They have to go out there and want it, and by the heart that we've seen from this team so far, you got to doubt and, and question it. Again, Alex Cruz was still playing with some of the best energy. DeMar DeRozan, him coming back, uh, from being out was big and important for the Bulls as well. But, like, overall, there was just tons of questions in this game, tons of issues, um, and just kind of the execution things. And this continues to be a team that just feels like it's just at the end of the leash. It's over with, right? And we'll see what the next version of this team looks like. I'm glad they got the win. Do not get me wrong. It was good, like I said, to see them play with the level of heart that they did. But this team leaves much to be desired, so much to be desired day in and day out, right? Now, one of the things that came out or are going to come out this game is a big storyline as far as Zach Levine and his interaction with the members of the of the Bulls PR team. I'm going to go ahead and play a clip of what happened here. And so, naturally, that coming off a win, the body language, things like that, people reading into that, uh, uh, you know, it, it it blew up, right? And apparently the Bulls came out and, and they're not happy, right? It, he was supposed to be uh, go for an interview, the normal interview with Bulls PR afterwards to get interviewed on a couple of things. And it just didn't happen. So uh, reportedly, by what we've heard, the Bulls uh, are kind of upset by that whole interaction. Now, Zach Levine did try to come and clear it up some, and he said this. That's not PR team. We're all fine. Zach, were you, I mean, you look tick the way you kind of pull away, usually pretty accommodating and stuff like that. What exactly? No, I'm not ticked at all. I'm happy we got a win, you know. We played these guys in a couple of days. You know, you don't want to just sit around and celebrate. I'd rather celebrate in the locker room. And, you know, Bulls fans that either are sit on the side of supporting Zach or against Zach all have sounded off on this now. And here's what I'll say. I try to give a level-headed take on it when I when I come. To, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look. And even Zach Levine saying he just felt it was better to celebrate um, on the bench. This is something that that it's, it's commonplace in the NBA. You talk to PR. And I know a lot of people are going to take this and use this to spin it on Zach just wants to get out of here. And that may very well be true. I'm not saying anything's not true on it. I don't know. I haven't talked to Zach Levine. I don't know what his thought process was behind it. But overall, it's just a bad look for a player that continues 
to seem and feel like they're just ready to go, right? That's what it boils down to, that he is just ready to go. He wants to be in a winning organization is what it really does seem like, and he's done with this Bulls team, whether it be because Billy Donovan, whether it be because, you know, some people are going to say it's because of DeMar DeRozan, whatever whatever it is. This, this relationship is clearly over, and I think that once we get, as we get closer to that December 15th date, hopefully it brings some relief. And if Zach Levine, I'm not saying that he is, we've heard some reports, but again, it's not like I can substantiate them or anything like that, that he's affecting the chemistry in the locker room. And if that's the case, then hopefully we come out on the other side, at least with a, with a better chemistry between the teammates, if that's what it ends up being. You know, we got a voicemail asking if Zach Levine's being made the scapegoat, so I'm going to wait to get into that a little bit until, until that voicemail is just to pay respect to that caller. But overall, right now, it's it just things don't feel good around the Chicago Bulls. That's just that's just what it boils down to, right? This is an organization that already had its own issues on the court, that we had our own issues winning, and now we are starting to become storylines outside of what's happening on the court. And that is where you start getting into a place where it's like, man, um, man, it just it, it's tough right now. It's tough right now for to be a Chicago Bulls fan. It's tough to continue to see this team play. And, and, and just the things that are going on with it. And so, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens with it in the long term. And, you know, whatever wherever the chips fall is where they fall. But with that said, it's Sunday. So that means it's it's mailbag day. We're going to go ahead and get to see your voicemails. We're going to start off now. This one's from Dave. What up, Dave? This is Dave calling in. Uh, just finished watching the Bulls win. You know, good team win. I like how everybody stepped up in the fourth quarter. They didn't turn the ball over or anything like that. But I'm seeing now all these reports about how Zach didn't talk to this reporter after the game. He just kept it pushing and went to the locker room. It's funny to me how the Bulls front office has made Zach the scapegoat for their mishaps. And when I say that, it's because this front office has been really secretive with every single move they've done. Whether it be the DeMar trade, the Mooch trade, those things they did. There was no speculation that they were going to go get DeMar. There was no speculation that they were going to trade for Mooch. It just happened. Even... This whole Billy Donovan extension. We don't know how much Billy Donovan is making on this extension. We don't know how long he's been extended for, but we know he's been extended. But we don't know for how much. But we definitely know what the asking price is for Zach. You know, so I look at that, and then now this lady coming up to talk to him. And I understand why Zach didn't talk to this reporter, because it actually makes sense. It wouldn't have been anything about the Bulls, win. It would have been, so you guys win, but how are you dealing with the trade rumors or why did you ask to be traded or whatever the case is? Let's keep it real here. They've been gauging the market on trading Zach for the past few seasons. And I'm not saying he's not a problem because he is part of the problem, but he's not the entire problem. They put everything in place and they failed, but they're not going to say you made the mistake. So I think really right now, all the Zach hate as far as who he is and him being a bad leader and everything like that, I'm, that part I don't get because he hasn't had any problems off the court but anything since he's been here. He's just played ball. And everybody focuses on what he doesn't do defensively and everything like that. He's one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA, easily. But name somebody that does what he does offensively, that plays great defense on the other end too. Everybody has their four games. DeMar has his four games, but it's a great offensive player as well. So like I said, I feel like the front office is really using Zach as a scapegoat because they've been very private with everything. And he hasn't said anything negative about the Bulls the whole time. But the first time now that he, he says, well, I'm open to a trade, he's become the villain in Chicago. But all in all, the win last night, I really feel like they need to play Javon Carter and Craig with the starting lineup, with the core three, because 
that's why they were booed. All right, so first, got to say this. It wasn't a reporter. It was a member of the Bulls PR, and they talk every game. It's it's kind of mandated, right? This, this isn't so I just want to clear up that part of the narrative. It wasn't just a reporter just coming up, and, it, and it, it's where you said, like, oh, you just know they're just going to ask about trade. No, Zach Levine actually did talk to reporters after the game, which was the clip that I played. So, again, it's not about that. And then he made another story. Like, you don't, if you even wanted to avoid the trade talk, you don't make another story by pouting. And that's what it seemed like. Again, I'm just going off the clip and my interpretation of it. That's what it seemed like. Now, as far as Zach Levine, um, you know, being made the scapegoat or anything like that, I, here's what I'll say to it. The way that I, I feel like is this, is that Zach Levine does have issues on the court, right? And even you saying like, oh, he has problems, but uh, he has no problems off the court, but he's a no, he's not a leader on the court. That's it. Zach Levine's not a leader. He's a very flawed player. And that's real. And I don't think that the, that the, that Bulls are doing are using him as a scapegoat or having a spill campaign because that's something he did, right? The, and for the, for for the front office, and I'm not, I don't think this front office is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at it, literally the reports came out that Zach Levine wanted to trade. Keep, I think sometimes people mix up what is reported and what reporters are saying is their feeling and their vibes from the team for what the front office is putting out there. The front office still has has yet to really comment on this trade scenario. Right. AK and Eversley are doing much like they do in the middle part of every season. We don't hear from them. So, you know, I don't think that that, that is, there's this whole thing to try to make Zach a scapegoat. Zach's own actions, his lack of play on the court, which he's been playing like absolute cheeks this season for the most part. Um, that this the stuff like this, the body language, uh, the, 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 the comments. Right. Because Zach Levine has commented on it, basically saying like, hey, you know, he, he leave it up to his, his his comments have changed going from. No, it's not coming from me and my camp to my camp have handled it now again reporters are going to take that and do what they will with it but this whole thing of trying to make it seem like the bulls are on a smear campaign for zach levine is a narrative i can't personally get behind because listen if a player has requested a trade which that's what we're hearing um if that's the case i would say that they've handled it better than some people some teams have now again i think that the, the what we got here there's definitely been faults on both sides the front office isn't at all abstained from the from from what got us to this point where the player that you gave the largest contract in Chicago Bulls history has now requested a trade a year and a partial season into their new deal. But at the end of the day, that's just where we sit. So listen, I think that the, a lot of the narrative around Zach has been there. And I think that of course it's gotten louder now that some dramas come up, but I don't think that it's anything outside of what we've already heard and seen from Zach Levine for years if you've been watching this team. So we end up seeing where it goes. I still love Zach, right? And, and what he can be. And I think at the end of the day, Zach isn't a number one. We've seen that. And with most of the, the he's not going to find a team that's going to trade for him to make him the number one option. So even the things like the DeMar things, things like that, I don't get behind. But, hey, um, yeah, thanks for, for calling. Let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Corey Mays. Yo, what's up, Hayes? This is Marvelous Corey Mays. I got, like, five topics. My first topic, the Bulls should sell the team. The NBA should make them sell it. Ryan's doors is like, man, daily they've been in power too long, man. When you get when you empower that loan, man, you start making mistakes, and they making mistakes. Two, Zach Levine is not a number one. He ain't no one A. He ain't no one B. He has quit, and I don't know what he's quit on. But is he quit on the game of basketball, on himself, or on the Bulls? But he's definitely quit. I understand why he quit. Injuries, you get me? I know he don't want to get injured again. But once you go that route, you ain't giving a hundred percent to the game. And when you don't give a hundred percent to the game, you somewhat quit. Three. When's the last time we won a trade? When's the last time we signed a ten, uh, a top 10 player? I mean, we ain't did neither one of them. We ain't winning no trades. We ain't signing no top 10 player. Hell, we couldn't even get a top 10 player to come play with Derrick Rose. So, that means we need to tank. 
we need young players in the door to come in and develop and become our top ten players. And we're not going to do that by playing mediocre basketball or, or trying to compete to, to to go to the first round of the playoffs. That's it? Like, no, we need to tank. We need a lot of young players and try to develop them. Four, I don't trust AK. AK is not the reason Denver has been Denver. Look at all the mistakes he's made. He signed though, even though he had injury-prone. He, he traded for Vooch, even though he knew that he was not going to make him the number one option. And the only way he became an all-star is when he was the number one option. My fifth topic, we got trash-ass young players. No future. No future. So if we ain't got no future, nothing to hang our hat on, nothing to say, you know what, things is going to get better, then what are we doing? If we're not doing it for a championship or championships, because my mind, we're supposed to be trying to be a dynasty. The Lakers, Boston, Bulls. Ain't that how the titles go? Ain't that what we should be? We should be the third best team in the NBA right now. We're not. Nowhere near it. And this is trash-ass bullshit because we want to play mediocre basketball. We want to compete for nothing. What is competing if we're not competing for championships? We have no future, and we're scared to tank. I'd rather see a bunch of young people keep coming in every year and seeing if we're going to get something nice than to see sit here and play this bullshit with Billy Donovan, no uh, playbook having ass. I'm good. All right, so one, NBA can't make the Ryan's door sell the team unless there's a huge controversy. A team losing, you can't force a team to sell. Um, And the Bulls don't operate. Uh, I know we're zoomed in because we're Bulls fans, but they don't do anything egregious to where the NBA can step in and say, hey, we got to take this team for you. So one, that's not happening. Uh, two, uh, Zach not playing to, quote unquote, not be injured. To me, we've always heard, if you're a bit of a sports fan, when you play to not get injured, you usually get injured. So even then, um, and, you know, even in seeing Zach Levine take off cer- certain quarters or whatever else it is, there's something going on there. I just don't think that trying not to get injured is the thing. Taking, the taking aspect, taking generally doesn't work. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers. They tank, yeah, they end up getting Joel Embiid, but look at how many players and how long, and they haven't won anything meaningful. They've won way more games than the Chicago Bulls. We do need young talent, and that is why drafting well, drafting is, is it, drafting well is hugely important for whatever this next phase is, but to just tank, 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 tank. Now, one could say tanking for Cooper Flag may be the move, but the Bulls don't own their own first-round pick outright, but at the end of the day, tanking generally doesn't work. It's worked for some teams, but generally it doesn't work. Um, so, you know, there goes with that one. And the far as Zoe, I hate when people keep saying the Bulls shouldn't have signed Zoe because he had injury history. Here's what I'll say. They actually signed him to a super reasonable deal, right? We heard that he had incentives to port- towards staying healthy in that deal as well. So they, su- they they safeguarded themselves in that way. And three, n- even with Z- Zoe having injury concerns, nobody would have expected. Nobody experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Anybody's telling you they expected Zoe to have a career-ending injury or something that puts his whole career at risk, they're fucking lying to you. It's cap. It's just not realistic. So, yes, they signed a player that, to me, once he was there and healthy and this team was rocking and rolling, it all worked. That version of this team worked, and it worked well. So now this, this you know, they shouldn't have signed him. No, every player had. Like, should the, the Nuggets have traded uh, Jamal Murray because of his constant injury concerns? Look, they bet on him. He was, he's been able to stay relatively healthy, and it worked, right? And, and you're not going to sign a player that doesn't have some shape, form, or, or concern. I think that, yeah, it sucked. Don't get me wrong. And the way that they've rebounded since that injury has absolutely been piss poor from top to bottom. But signing Zoe made sense. And they also signed him to a deal. It would be different if he signed, like, a $40 million deal. They signed him to a deal that's really reasonable, slightly above what mid-level exception money is now. It just sucks that it didn't work out. And they have to find a better way to rebuild, rebound from that. I think. But let's go ahead and get into the next one. This one's from Shay. Yo, Hayes, look, I've sat back and I've thought about it, and now I got a clear head this time, man. Look, the problem is, I mean, I know people say, don't blame it all on Billy. You got to blame the teams a little bit too, but I mean, you really have to blame him for majority, except for 75 to 85% of it. Now, granted, you still got to go out there and play, and I do understand that with the players, yeah, yes, they do. But the problem is he doesn't know how to use people to their right strength. You know what I'm saying? We found out years before Billy even came to this team, dog, that Kobe White was not a point guard. Now, he could get better with his playmaker. He could get better with his defense. You know, players like him, Lou Williams, and Jamal Crawford, who were known as scores, they could get better at certain things that you need them to. But at the end of the day, they're not the position that Billy is putting him in. It's, it's like you said with Zach Levine. No matter how good he gets with his playmaking, you do not put him at the point guard spot. And you putting Kobe at the point guard spot, you're putting Alex Caluso at the power forward spot. When you put players at the spots that they're normally not comfortable at, it's not going to go well. Now, look, I know the NBA is going small ball, and I know a lot of people – You've had that argument with people about Patrick Williams, but that's a whole other different story. When you are putting players in positions that they're not normally comfortable in, that it's not really their strengths, like the last game against the Orlando Magic, you should have had Andre Drummond in and Patrick Williams in over Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. Let's just face it, you know, and I think that that's the biggest problem. Not necessarily the players are just playing with no heart, but the fact of the matter is you're not putting the right people in the right position. You, you know, like, and, and hey, I know I've pushed this argument for way too long, but think about it. Kobe White is not a starting point guard. You should have had Javon Carter or Alex Fuso in that spot to at least keep the at least keep the defense honest to the point where you would need the bench to come in to save you all of the time. It's, unbalanced and players are not being played at their full strength that's all i gotta say man anyway tell me what you think Peace. billy donovan the biggest problem i always say it's not just that the roster construction is flawed too not drafting players that have really turned out to anything for you yet as well is, is a problem also 
Um, but Billy Donovan is a problem, to your point. Like, not using players to the best of their strengths, not putting players in the right situation sometimes. You know, those type of things have played B- Billy Donovan even before his time with the Chicago Bulls. He doesn't adjust well. Anytime you have a strategist on the other side of the, of the, of the game from him on the other sideline, the opposite coach, especially in a playoff scenario, which the Bulls can't even get to, he's probably going to get out coached. Like, he can win games like last night against Eric Spolstra, but if you get into, like, uh, you're in a playoff series and the other, other coach is a strategist, Billy Donovan's going to come out on the, uh, the wrong side of that nine times out of ten. So that's why I've said, like, at this point, I think that Billy has to go as well. I know it's probably unlikely to happen anytime soon with whatever happens with that contract. But, hey, that's where we are right now. But you're not wrong, Shay. You're not wrong at all. All right, let's get into the next one. This one's for Michael Korn. Hey, Hayes, uh, yesterday after your post game, after the second Orlando loss, towards the end of your show, you apologized. Uh, uh, au contraire. Uh, no way should have apologized, man. Uh, you were spot on. Uh, you laid it out there for all of us to see. And that's what we've been seeing, how bad the Bulls are. Uh, so I uh, wish you had better uh, stuff to produce content from. Uh, uh, because this product that they've put on the floor absolutely stinks. Um, it feels like it's Groundhog's Day for Bulls fans uh, once again. And uh, uh, I'm just afraid this seems like the White Sox, um, you know, same franchise basically, uh, spiraling, you know, just getting bad year after year and spiraling down. A couple quick points, and it kind of turns out something positive, I hope. Um, the uh, Zach Levine... Uh, no one should be getting paid forty million plus. Uh, period, I guess. But like in basketball, if you can't deliver your team to the the playoffs, I mean that's just bullshit. Uh, there's so much ego dysfunction on this team. You could see it, and I think he's a big problem. Uh, you know, I, I always liked him. Uh, yeah, but trade his ass out of there. Um, he, he's the fucking prima donna. Sorry for the language, but uh, for the prima donna part, no, but he he. he He's terrible. Uh, he doesn't come up clutch. Speaking of not coming up clutch, just Vooch. Uh, uh, I'm tired of his uh, his expressionless expressions. It's terrible to watch him. Um, for every clutch shot he makes, he misses ten of them. Uh, the uh, but on a positive note, on uh, uh, Billy's small ball lineup, he's going to kill Caruso. Uh, you know, playing him. Uh, but anyway, on a positive note, it is uh, Alex Caruso. You know, what could you say about him, man? He's like, he's the one with heart on the team. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, being a, you know, a Bulls fan since 66, 1966, the, uh, um, you know, Chicago's always respected and, and, and uh, players that played hard and dared themselves to Chicago fans. Zach Levine's can't. Again, because he's just, you know, just such a prima donna, man. Yeah, I wish him the best. I like his game, but he, he's not a winner. And that's the problem with the Bulls team. They don't have winners except for AC. And uh, uh, he'll continue to get the Bulls, you know, Bulls fans' respect. Uh, even though this team doesn't love us back, I feel like he loves us at least. So anyway, have a, you know, a good day. On to the next, and I'll still, like, be rooting for the Bulls. But, man, what a horror show. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Hayes. Thanks for giving us a shot to air grievance. <laughs> Have a good one, man. Bye. So much of this, the, the dysfunction, dysfunction around the Chicago Bulls sucks. It sucks that this is our franchise. It sucks that this is the conversation around us. And 
any of the, that extraneous doubt and stuff, it's all legit, right? This team right now is a dysfunctional-ass team. And we hopefully, in whatever, because of the trade request or whatever, that it ends up clearing up some of that dysfunction and we can start being a more cohesive unit. I'm not blaming the dysfunction just on Zach Levine, but I'm saying that the culmination of events and things that have led us to this point as a team, I hope that we start coming out of that with whatever this next version of the team is. As far as Alex Caruso positives, listen, Alex Caruso is an absolute dog. And I love having Alex Caruso on this team. And Alex Caruso is a player that, if he wants to stay here when that contract is up, I would love the Bulls to re-sign him at, at what his value is because I do think that he is a culture setter for the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion. Let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from the 281. What's up, Hayes? This is boy. What's up, shit? Man, I'm going to just get right into it. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like I said in the comments, got to fire Reinsdorf, got to fire Billy, and just clean house, man. Just boycott the whole thing. Like, I don't even know where to begin. First off, let me shout out my boy AC, Alex Caruso, you did your thing. I honestly think they should just go ahead and let Caruso go, just for the simple fact that I don't feel like this team deserves him. Booch, I'm going to say this, and I I know I'm going to probably get some life for this, but I, I really need to say this. Bro, you wide open. How could, how could you not knock down a wide open three, though, and you're in the NBA? Now, all season, even, I mean, last season, he was making threes. I know that Booch could shoot. I understand I was a messed up player on Billy, but at the same time, the man was wide open. And like like I say, here in the NBA, this whole team playing like they're in high school or something, bro. Ain't nobody on the team, ain't nobody on the team in high school no more. Like, it, it, you know, it's real disrespectful to the Chicago fan base. And I just feel, you know, I don't really know what to say for them no more. All I'm going to say is we're going to get the first round draft pick and somebody's going to get traded. I'm out. Um, you don't let talent go just because you don't deserve. Uh, so I get what you're saying in that. And yes, I would love to see Alex Caruso play on a team that's competing for a championship because the way that he plays, the way that he competes, listen, he's one of those players that while won't be looked at as the best player, but he is absolutely the type of player that will win you a playoff series. That will be one of the reasons why you win a title because of just how much of a dog mentality he is. But I don't think you should just trade him just because you don't deserve him. No. Put yourself in a position to deserve that player to where you can maximize the things that he goes through. Um, and much like with Michael Korn, like, will they burn out Alice Caruso playing him at the four? Maybe, right? I and mean, that's unfortunate. We don't want to see Alice Caruso go down with another injury, especially if we do end up wanting to try to keep him or even move him. But at the end of the day, I understand that Billy Donovan's trying to find something in that starting lineup to bring some energy. So let's, uh, that's my thoughts on that one. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Ron. Yo, what's good, Hayes? It's Ron. I want to talk about is that and is it trade rumors stuff like that, right? So I always been a, a big um, Zach supporter. I've been following Zach since UCL days, and I thought he had all the talent in the world. Even when he was on Minnesota, I thought he when when it was him and Andrew Wiggins on there, I thought he was way more talented than Andrew Wiggins, and I thought he should have been the go-to guy. Eventually, they got him out of there. He went to Chicago, and he had a chance to have his own team. And I still thought, and even since that, I still think. He has the ability to lead a team somewhere if you build the right team around him. But in year 10, it's looking, looking kind of not so much. But the funny thing is he still is young. He's 28 years old, so still got some years on his prime. So let's see. But let's talk about, I heard a rumor, right? Well, supposedly it's reported that that is the one who acts for this trade. It's not that the Bulls is going up on the market. It's that 
Zach went to the office, the front office, and he's asking to be traded. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. Have you heard this rumor and um, how you th- what you feel about if it is the case that Zach is the one who wants to be traded and not that the Bulls want to trade Zach, how you feel about it. Also, I also kind of find it funny, if it is true, that after the loss where DeMar DeRozan missed the chance, he took that wild, crazy shot to, to win the game, at the end of the game, that direct in the very next day we hear uh, this rumors about Zach wanting to be well, the Bulls wanted to trade Zach, and now it kind of to me it kind of makes sense now that Zach wants to be traded and he acts for that trade, especially after that happens, because I think Zach is just tired of playing with um Demar Derozan and tired of playing with Billy Donovan. To me, honestly, I think he's they losing. Billy obviously favors Demar Derozan, and Zach wants to be that number one option here, and I don't think Billy really gives him enough uh, chances to be that number one option when all three of them was in the game. I know he had a chance the other day, and he definitely blew it, but he did hit those clutch shots down the stretch of the game, but he did play terrible throughout all three quarters until the fourth, but I guess Zach wants to be in more moments like those, and Billy, and every single time when they're in that moment, they always go to DeMar. They always go to DeMar. And the first year it was working, but every year after that it hasn't been working. And I think Zach is just tired of it now. And he's like, you know what? I love these group of guys, but the way this offense is being run, our defense, no rim protection or like that, I can't do it no more. And then he asked the front office to trade him. So, um, so here's the thing. I get what you're coming at with that, Ron, but I don't think that Zach Levine wants to be traded because of him demeaning the number one option. There's no team that's going to trade for Zach Levine that he's going to be the number one option on. When it comes down to it, I don't think it's about DeMar. I don't think it's about last shot. I think it's about winning. I think that's what it comes down to for Zach Levine. Zach Levine has been in losing situations his whole entire career. And I I can respect a player, honestly, wanting to go to a situation to win. Has he done it the right way? Does he have flaws as a player? Absolutely. Absolutely has flaws as a player. But I don't think he wants to leave so he can become the number one option. I think that Zach Levine, even when you hear his preferred list of teams, right, they're all teams that have a number one set in, right? They have a number one option there. He's not going to pass them as the number one option, but his ability as a, then as a number two would help that team be more. You look at the Lakers, definitely not going to be the number one. You look at the Heat. Definitely not going to be the number one. Again, that heat culture is the number one thing there, but even then, he's not going to pass up Jimmy Butler or Bam, I think, in the hierarchy of that team, right? Uh, and then you look at, you heard that he's open to go to the Spurs. Again, he's not going to be the number one there, maybe as far as shots per game, but Wimby is the star of that team, and Greg Popovich is the coach that's going to put everybody in the right position. So that's kind of things that I hear about and I think about when it comes down to it. I think it's more so Zach wanting to win. And like I said, I could respect the player all day wanting to win, the pouting and things like that, if he is trying to, you know, whatever it is, if those things are true, I don't get with that. But I definitely can always understand a player wanting to win. And it is what it is. Unfortunately, like I said, due to the scenarios and the, and the situations and circumstances that led us here, Bulls aren't a winning franchise and they're not going to be a winning team. It doesn't look like anytime soon. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one's from Jeff. What up, hey? This is Jay from the 219. Hey, man, uh, hey, man watching Zach Levine highlights over the last three years. Oh, yes, I hate to see him leave, but uh, honestly, man, I don't know what's going to happen with this team, and I think people got to remember this. Billy Donovan left OKC because he didn't want to coach a rebuilding team, and I do believe that Billy Donovan and the front office 
probably made some kind of pact like, hey, long as I'm here, I don't want to coach a rebuilding team. Y'all got to be showing some type of team to compete. So I don't know, man. You know, I think there's a good chance that Zach isn't traded if the right package isn't found because I don't think Donovan wants to coach a rebuilding team. That's why he's so reluctant to use our younger guys. He wants to rely on the vets. So what you think about that, man? Let me know. Thanks. Bye. So here's what I'll say. I think that we attach Billy Donovan not wanting to be on a rebuilding team, and now we're trying to use it to excuse not playing the young players. Playing young players and, and being rebuilding is completely different. And to his credit, Billy Donovan has played young players. Patrick Williams played started day one for the Chicago Bulls, right? Given every opportunity to keep that starting position. So, again, can't get with he doesn't play the young players because of that. Io DeSumo was playing. Yes, he ended up going into the starting lineup because of injury, but he was playing minutes before then, and he earned those minutes because of the defense initially. His rookie year is what got him on. So I think it becomes this thing where Billy Donovan not playing the young players comes down to a lot of their performance as well, and I think we can't abstain it from that. But again, Billy Donovan not wanting to be part of a rebuild is something that we all know. We've all heard it. That's why we got him, right? But we did bring him in here as part of his developing. That's what this front office talked about when bringing in Billy Donovan is his ability to develop players. You can develop players without necessarily being in a rebuild. And so Billy Donovan hasn't done that either. And that's where you start leading to some of the frustration from Bulls fans. But again, thank you for leaving that voicemail, Jay. You guys have been going off in the voicemail box. For those that have been leaving multiple voicemails, I can't get to every, you gotta, you gotta conduce your, you gotta uh, get your thoughts more constricted so I can play your voicemail. Because if you leave multiple voicemails and they're all over three minutes long, I can't play them. Like, it just, it takes up too much of the show. Want to give time, everybody time to get their thoughts in. I'm not saying don't take the full three minutes, but if you get to leaving two and three voicemails, all three, three minutes, up to that three minute limit, you got to work, you got to get better at kind of getting your thoughts all condensed down a little bit. But thank you guys so much for leaving that. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.